Welcome to Technovation, a weekly conversation with people who are shaping the technology landscape. I'm Peter High, president of MetaStrategy, advisor to technology executives, Forbes columnist, book author, and your host. Each episode of Technovation features insights from top executives and thought leaders at the intersection of business, technology, and innovation. If you like what you hear, we'd be grateful if you give us a rating on iTunes or through whatever other source you use for podcasts. And please subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Thank you. My guest today is Dennis Maloney. Dennis is the Senior Vice President and Chief Innovation Officer of Domino's Pizza, the largest pizza company in the world by global retail sales, with revenues exceeding $3.6 billion annually. In this role, Dennis is responsible for overseeing Domino's digital experience and loyalty teams, as well as the operations and in-store innovation teams. Prior to becoming Chief Innovation Officer, Dennis was the company's Chief Digital Officer, and he's been instrumental in growing Domino's digital sales to more than 65% of total U.S. sales. In this interview, we discuss Domino's remarkable transformation over the past decade focused on product, technology, and customer experience. We also discuss the advantages the company's gained by insourcing talent that was once outsourced, and why Domino's considers itself an e-commerce company first, rather than a pizza company that sells online. We cover the steps Domino's has taken to create a memorable customer experience, both in-store and online, how recent innovations positioned Domino's to quickly become a customer safety leader during the pandemic, and why the company is filling potholes in every state in the United States. Lastly, we discuss how Domino's is preparing for autonomous delivery, the consumer preference changes that are here to stay post-pandemic, and a variety of other topics. Before we get to our interview, I wanted to introduce you to our sponsor, Zoho, and the company's president, Timothy Casby. Prior to taking on his current role, he was the chief information officer of a number of companies, including Reliance Industries, Sears, Intrexon, and the Warehouse Group. He's now at Zoho, a most unusual enterprise software company, and wanted to share some perspectives from it. Timothy, take it away. Peter, you keep calling us an unusual enterprise software company. I think we should talk about that a bit. Yes, we have not borrowed a single dollar from a VC or a bank and ended up bootstrapping our way to multi-billion dollar SaaS business with over 60 million enterprise users. That itself is unusual for a tech company. But the principles that have kept us from accepting VC term sheets are simple. We believe all our employees should have good night's sleep each night, be it month-end, quarter-end, or year-end. To enable this principle, we have stayed private and have not dipped into public money. We don't believe in debt and discourage anyone from getting in one. A good night's sleep has its premium. Yes, we believe in good night's sleep and eating healthy foods. That's why we leave money on the table. It comes from our principle of eating healthy food. Just because there is food on the table, we don't believe it's healthy to eat it all. Therefore, any product we market, be it CRM, Sign, Help Desk, and 100 others. These will be many multiples cheaper than our nearest competitor. And it comes from the principle of leaving money on the table. Find out more about our unusual enterprise company at Zoho.com. Thanks, Timothy. I also wanted to share a quick message from our sponsor, Sykes. Sykes is a leading provider of multi-channel demand generation and customer engagement services, helping Global 2000 companies enhance touch points at every stage of the customer journey. To share some perspectives, I'll briefly turn it over to Ian Barkin, the company's chief strategy and marketing officer. Customers don't want and don't deserve a new normal. They deserve and want a better normal. At Sykes, we know this because we spend over 3 billion minutes a year listening to and serving customers of the world's leading brands. And with that much listening, you can't help but know what delights, what infuriates, and what drives customer behaviors and decisions. So. 
What is a better normal? We believe it's the delivery of a truly intelligent customer experience. The call to action has never been clearer for CIOs, CTOs, and the broader C-suite. New is not enough, and the time for tinkering has passed. The winning combination of technology, talent, and customer insight is how to create intelligent customer experiences and a truly better normal. To read more about intelligent customer experiences, check out sykes.com forward slash ICX. Thanks, Ian. And now on to our interview. Dennis Maloney, welcome to Technovation. Great to speak with you today. Thanks, Peter. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. Dennis, I thought we would begin uh, with a re- this remarkable journey that you've been on. You were the uh, Senior Vice President and Chief Digital Officer of Domino's, an organization you've been with a uh, quarter shy of 11 years, and roughly half of your tenure has been as Chief Digital Officer. Uh, and I want to get into the context of what you're focusing on now and what uh, the CDO role, how it translates into your organization as it's a role that translates very differently in different companies. But I actually, just for context purposes, would love to go back to January of 2010 when you joined the organization and talk a bit about where the company was at that point. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, we have, we've been on quite a journey over the past decade, haven't we? Yeah. Um, so when I joined in 2010, uh, the company was basically right at the cusp of launching what we called our new and inspired pizza. And as part of that evolution, uh, we were also going to make a very big push into the digital space as far as building and expanding our digital ordering platforms. Um, even then, we knew that customers had a better experience when they were online. Uh, it actually ends up being a, a better financial and a, a business proposition for the company. Um, com- uh, consumers actually expand across more products, they spend more, they have a better overall experience. So it, it really is a win-win across the entire structure. So we knew when we launched that new product, we also wanted to do a lot of work to get into the digital space. And uh, interestingly, that commercial that was launched when that new product launched, the uh, it, it basically came out and we said to the world like, hey, our pizza right now is not that great. Um, actually, I think we used the terminology pretty much our pizza sucks. Uh, and we were improving it. And as part of that, you know, customers would ask, well, wait, did a company really come out and basically just say in national advertising that their product wasn't so great and they were going to improve it? And the tagline from that TV spot at that point was, oh, yes, we did. And interestingly, that's become kind of a, a cornerstone for us across all of the things that we're doing, not just in our product innovation, but also in our technology innovation and our consumer innovation. We really look to do things that are a big enough deal to step forward enough to push ourselves enough that it asks our, our gets our consumers to actually ask the question, did a pizza company really just do that? And we'd be able to actually respond back and say, yes, we, oh, yes, we did. Uh, so that really was the beginning of our journey. And uh, as, as kind of using that as a touchstone over the past decade, we really have transformed, you know, not just our food and the food offering, but also our technology offering, our consumer experience, our in-store experience, our delivery experience. It really has expanded across almost every aspect of the pizza experience. And it's interesting because we, we actually talk about the pizza experience because so many people oftentimes when they think about food, they think about just the food part of that. But the ordering experience is just as important in our pizza experience. And the delivery experience is just as important in the pizza experience, right? And recognizing that for us gave us an opportunity to take technology and incorporate it 
into those components of our experience and create these really interesting and unique things, which we think really differentiate us right now in the marketplace. That's a great overview, Dennis. Thank you. I wanted to, uh, before we we get closer to the present, I also wanted to ask you about some of the early stages of that transformation. Um, as I understand it, yours was an organization from a technology perspective, a digital perspective that had largely been outsourced, uh, as so many organizations had been at that point. And so part of the transformation meant bringing a lot of the talent back in and growing it a bit differently. Can you talk a bit about you know, some of those early stages as well and the investments that the, the, the organization made in, in technology itself? Itself. Yeah, there were uh, a couple of, you know, looking back now, truly brilliant um, decisions that were made probably in the five years before that January 2010 timeframe, uh, one of which was to start bringing those resources back in-house and make them actually core capabilities within our system, as opposed to being outsourced to someone else. The intellectual property and just the sustainable competitive advantage that you can gain by bringing those people into your organization and continuing to build that muscle, you know, back that, that is making that decision back then was truly brilliant because we've been able to, you know, reap the benefits of that decision for the past decade. Uh, the other big decision along the same lines was the decision to unify around a single point of sale system across our entire domino system. Uh, and, you know, if you think of, when you're trying to build a bunch of digital innovation, if you have to build it twice or three times in order to actually scale it out to all of your stores, that's a significant deterrent as opposed to having to build something once, make sure it works really well with the point of sale system you're using in all of your restaurants, and then just continue to iterate on it really, really quickly. You know, The entire system is using the same set of standard operating procedures, the same processes, everything plays out the same across all your stores. You know, sometimes QA testing and all that can be is enough fun when you just have one system, trying to imagine doing that for two, three, four systems, which a lot of restaurants were doing at that time, obviously gives you a really great competitive advantage as far as a speed capability. Yeah, that's interesting. Very prescient, as you say. Um, talk a little bit also, yours is an organization that's that's uh, based in Michigan, uh, a, a state, especially again, uh, in the 2010 timeframe, uh, that had been hit particularly hard by the last economic crisis. Um, can you talk a little bit about building Domino's into a destination uh, for great technology and digital talent. Um, again, one wouldn't think, at least especially at, at, at a stage where there were commercials talking about the product sucking, as you said, um, that it would necessarily be so magnetic. But obviously, there was a, a means of communicating the future that was compelling enough for enough uh, folks like yourself, for that matter, uh, to join and to be part of the change. Can you talk a little bit about that as well? Yeah, um, it's funny because when I originally started, one of my biggest worries was we'd only have like two or three years worth of stuff to actually work on. And then we'd be struggling to find places to you know incorporate technology. And here we are you know, a decade plus later, and I've got a list of things we still want to work on. That's as long as my arm. So I guess that works out pretty well. Uh, you know, when we started, uh, it was an interesting, it, it was always an interesting conversation with anyone within the technology space, right? Naturally, I think those audiences gravitate towards the coasts. That's where most of the innovation was happening, where most of the large tech companies were spinning up, you know, had their headquarters uh, or their large, you know, buckets of audiences from an employee standpoint. Uh, so we would look to find people that had, for some unique reason, some connection to Michigan. Either, you know, they'd gone to school here, they had family here, they grew up here and wanted to come back. And uh, we were able to put together enough of a story 
around that initial transformation to start building a team. Uh, and I think then once we started to get the momentum from that team and the success and the stories and the advertising and all of that actually getting from a momentum standpoint, it just continued to make it easier and easier and easier to attract people to come to the Domino's ecosystem from a technology perspective. Uh, when we started, it was impossible to convince people that you know Domino's was going to be a technology leader. Uh, and even then, and you know, I, I think you've probably seen this. We still use the language. You know, we started out as a pizza company that sells online. We've become an e-commerce company that sells pizza. And when you start using that language with people, you know, they start the light bulb starts going off. I totally get it, right? We're we're going to think about this completely differently. We're going to do the things that make us a good e-commerce company, right? And what that means, and how we can lead in that area. And here we are, you know, I'll, you know, I'll use that we're just a pizza company. We're just a pizza company. And yet we're doing things in the technology space that people still point to and say, wow, like, how is that? Like, how are you doing that? And it's because we've got people thinking about ourselves more like an e-commerce company than a pizza company. Yeah, really extraordinary. And part of the, the journey from a customer experience perspective, as I understand it, Dennis, is thinking differently about um, rather than dictating to them how they interact with you, learning from them the, the multiplicity of ways that various customers, different personas wish to interact with the company and serving them in that way, which also for the industry especially seemed revolutionary. Can you talk a bit about some of those insights and the, the way in which that's been manifested? Yeah, luckily, uh, absolutely. Um, so I've, I was fortunate to have a background that included um, some very good brands uh, that focused a lot on the consumer, uh, you know, Coca-Cola, Procter & Gamble, you know, which really instill this idea of, you know, what's the consumer experience that delivers the result the consumer is looking for, not the one the brand is trying to actually cram down their throat. Uh, and within the digital space, I think most brands are seeing, you know, your ability to dictate what a brand stands for is pretty much evaporated, right? Consumers are, they now have the power. Um, they will dictate how and when they're going to interact with your brand. Your job as a marketer is to make sure you're creating the best, most amazing, memorable consumer experience you can possibly create. Uh, and really, that's where we've played for the last, you know, eight or nine years. Um, it's driven us to create things like, you know, what is what we call our anywhere suite of, platform, of ordering platforms, right? Uh, some kind of crazy, some kind of interesting, but allowing consumers to do things like, you know, ordering through a vehicle or ordering through their smart television or their smart watch. We were one of the first to partners with the headless units um, from Amazon and Apple and Google to be able to order through those platforms, through Facebook Messenger, through Slack, right? Through interesting because each one of those forced us to push our consumer experience as far as possible to create as good of an experience as we could. And, you know, it, it led us all the way to the point where we were actually able to do zero click ordering on, a, on our two apps, which, you know, seems completely crazy when you say out loud and is actually like one click better than Amazon's one click, right? So like zero clicks, how would you possibly do zero clicks, right? Uh, well, the most convenient consumer experience for ordering pizza is one that customers have done in pizza shops, basically since pizza was created right? You'd walk into the pizza shop, you would know the owner and you'd say, I'd have my usual. Well, why couldn't we recreate that experience in the online space? We know who you are, you're signed in, right? Your device can remember your address, 
your credit card information, everything we need in order to be able to process an order. So why couldn't we make ordering as simple as pressing the button to start the app? It would start up. It does a fun little countdown timer for 10 seconds. Places your order, right? No clicks at all necessary in the, in the experience at all. It pushes the convenience of ordering pizza as absolutely as far as it could go within the digital space. And that's where we challenge. Like that's our challenge to ourselves is how do you construct these experiences with consumers that again, ask them to act, you know, get them to look and ask, did you really just do that? And we could say, yes, we did. Yeah, very interesting, Dennis. I, I I love that part of the story and remarkable in terms of the sort of rethinking of of the customer experience. And and actually, uh, all the more remarkable. I I can't imagine you were prescient enough to predict a pandemic and uh, all of the consequences <laughs> of what twenty twenty would would uh, have for us. But what you've described, as it turns out, actually serves the company and its customers quite well during these very remarkable changing times, this grand experiment that has been forced upon all of us. Uh, and I know for a lot of restaurants, there, there are very few industries, in fact, that were hurt as badly, especially in the early stages of this, um, the, the quarantine and so on, uh, as the restaurant industry. But your company has been surprisingly resilient for some of the very reasons that you're describing of the ease of, of, of uh, interacting with customers, the ability to do things from a touchless perspective. Can you talk a little bit about that translation forward during the crises of 2020? Yeah, the, the, obviously, the last couple of months have definitely been a, a time frame of a lot of change for everyone. And for some, from some aspect, we've been very fortunate. Uh, the pizza industry in general uh, is a business model that you know, it was very fortunate because it sat in a place where it could exist still within the confines of what's been going on in the middle of the pandemic. Uh, I think the components from a technology perspective really just made us more flexible and able to respond probably even faster than we would have if we hadn't have been basically stretching those muscles for the last decade. Uh, we were able to construct basically an entire ecosystem that enabled, you know, our delivery in effect, drivers to deliver to a parking lot as opposed to delivering to, you know, an address. A very interesting little tweak in our experience. Um, it already built on a lot of technology we had already been actually, you know, working on. So, you know, we were able to roll that out, not just to a couple of restaurants, but that technology is actually rolled out to every single one of our restaurants across the entire 6,200 store system, right? Um, which is great because, you know, that, that capability, not only does it allow you to serve a very important need from a consumer perspective, right? It, it creates what is probably the best contactless handoff of pizza from a carryout perspective. It also allows us to talk about that capability from an advertising perspective, which again, gets to set Domino's up as a technology leader, a leader from the consumer experience perspective, and a leader within the consumer safety aspect in the middle of a pandemic, all of which we, you know, find very important from a branding perspective and want to be communicating. I've also heard, uh, Dennis, that the organization has um, tried a number of things uh, that, were, that have been kind of out of left field. One in particular that I heard about, you'll tell me if it's apocryphal, but, but that the organization ha has been tracking uh, potholes in roads uh, that the drivers through, um, you know, I guess through the phone and the car 
uh, can, can figure out where there are issues with roads. Very different. I mean, it's, a, it's an interesting service one can provide uh, in terms of identifying these or perhaps doing something about filling some of them. Obviously, it's a little bit further out of your knitting. So I, I'm curious, first of all, is, is that story true? Second of all, uh, what's the intent in some of these sort of surprising out of left field ideas that the company pursues? Uh, yes. Uh, so the story is true. Uh, we have actually been filling potholes. Um, so if you were to dial back to that kind of that initial, um, you know, premise of what can we do as a brand, which improves the pizza experience, right? Uh, and that can come from either the delivery perspective or from a carryout perspective. And if you look at, you know, what are the things that a, a typical consumer can possibly run into from a hurdle standpoint when they're going to pick up their pizza, one of the things that can sometimes happen is you run into roads that have not been maintained the way they should when you're either going to or coming back from uh, the pizza restaurant. And there have been cases where people have hit a pothole, their pizza's gone flying, and they've come back to the store, you know, sad pizza in hand and said, like, please, can you give me a new pizza? Uh, now, does it happen all the time? No, but is it a, a another way for the brand to really put a stake in the ground and and commit to you know, like we are willing to take extraordinary lengths to improve your pizza experience? And we have um, we've actually done paving projects now in all fifty states uh, across the country. So you know it took it's it's taken a while, but I think we've gotten every single state now covered um, and. There's, you know, there's no way Domino's is ever going to replace the highway repair department of a state or, but we've actually made repairs around, you know, in partnership with states and local governments uh, around stores across the entire country. And uh, it's a small, you know, little thing that, you know, I have no idea how many potholes in total we've, we've actually filled and fixed. Um, But it, it definitely puts a very, you know, very visible kind of stake in the ground around we're willing to do what it takes to help make sure consumers have a great experience when they order pizza or come pick up a pizza from a Domino's store. That's very interesting. Uh, you mentioned that when you started with the company, you wondered whether you'd have enough work to, to take you two or three years in. Now, uh, nearly 11 in, you said that the, uh, the roadmap remains incredibly full. Can you talk a bit about some of what's, um, what are in the plans or in the cards as you look to the foreseeable future? Uh, yeah, the, you know, it's been an interesting, if you look across the decade, you can, you can see kind of this interesting um, progression of the types of places where we've been working on using technology to innovate, you know, starting with the ordering platforms, moving into more apps and mobile, continuing on to the anywhere platforms, you know, so kind of things outside of traditional ordering platforms, uh, and now moving more into the actual physical store. So, you know, this interesting intersection of the physical and digital worlds and how they come crashing together. Um, pizza is very interesting. Consumers oftentimes start in the digital space, go back into the physical space to either receive their pizza or, you know, pick up their pizza and then go back into the digital space from a tracker perspective. Like, so it's, it's this interesting back and forth within the, the worlds and how we use that type of, you know, experience to improve the experience when you're in store is one of the things we're really focusing on now. So, you know, that's led to our work in the autonomous vehicles, right? Um, there, you know, I think pretty much across the board, people are now convinced autonomous for autonomous vehicles. The question is not if it is when, 
right? Um, we are a very large delivery company. Uh, when autonomous vehicles start becoming prevalent, they will significantly impact our business. So we consider it very important for us to both understand and be you know, a part of that experience as it develops. So we're partnering with uh, Neuro and their robot to create little autonomous delivery robots that can deliver your pizza. Uh, and, you know, will they be driving across the roads in the next, you know, year? Probably not. Next five years, potentially, right? Uh, and it will fundamentally change both our business and the pizza experience. And we want to make sure we continue to lead in that. Um, things, you know, other part of Domino's um, countries have been trying things with drones. We've been working with all sorts of other players, right? Um, artificial intelligence is becoming a really big component of pretty much every business. So that is now leaking into lots of places within our business. So all those technologies continue to just evolve our experiences uh, and, you know, there's a bunch of interesting things, you know, the car side delivery process is just one aspect of a whole nother area that we'll be developing as we move forward. So all that is super exciting. Just lots more innovation to come from the Domino's brand. That does sound exciting indeed. I wonder, um, just one, one more reflection on the, uh, the current crisis. I know we're still, as you and I are speaking here in the kind of throes of it. Uh, and, uh, therefore we, you know, not everything is, has played out of course, but I wonder, um, if you've had a chance to reflect on what the indelible marks of this experience are, uh, what, what sorts of things are likely to continue even past a point when we reach a new normal of some sort. Yeah. So the, the, uh, it's interesting as, as consumers move into new experiences, probably push there, not of their own volition. Um, it's interesting habits start to form. And I think oftentimes they will stick around longer than the initial forcing function that kind of pushed them there. Um, you know, as we've seen customers migrate into the ordering, the digital ordering channels, that evolution has significantly accelerated. And we had already seen massive movement from consumers into our digital ordering platforms with more than 65% of all of our sales coming through our digital platforms. That accelerate that has just accelerated through the pandemic. Uh, once consumers try those platforms, they see the convenience, the ability to store their information, reorder is much easier. Everything about that experience is easier when you're doing it online. So there's an element that we think will stick from that perspective. Uh, within the physical world, you know, it is now much more likely for our delivery drivers to deliver a pizza and have no actual face-to-face -face interaction with a consumer, right? Um, it's very fast. It's very efficient. Uh, it's a little impersonal. So that's a little bit different from a branding perspective, um, but it is likely a process that will kind of gain traction and we think has some stickiness to it. Um, it's very fast from a consumer perspective. All of the work we've done around it to make that handoff as smooth as possible is probably not going to go away, right? That's going to likely stay. Um, the convenience of the parking lot delivery, so a car side delivery, right? Um, I've, you know, a number of times we've already told a mom with a couple of kids, the worst thing is having to unpack everyone from the car to go into the store to get a pizza, to come back out and repack everyone back into the car. So the ability to do that across all of our restaurants, obviously also very significant and will probably stick along around. Um, so, you know, there are definitely going to be parts of the process which we think will stay. Uh, and we just continue to refine them to make sure consumers continue to have the best experience. 
That's great. Well, Dennis, thank you so much for joining me today on Technovation. It's been a phenomenal conversation covering this remarkable journey that you've been on for, for more than a decade now. And congratulations on your tremendous successes. Thanks, Peter. I really enjoyed it. Uh, we, we love talking about our brand and the way we serve our, serve our consumers. So uh, thank you very much. Thanks for tuning in. Please join me on Thursday when my guest will be Jim Whitehurst, the president of IBM.